Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. This is Robin Crane, and I'm very excited to introduce Shauna Compton Game. Check this out. This I, I'm so impressed right now. Like I, I'm, I might get a little bit of... Um, what, what do they call it when you, you see like uh, the, the actors and stuff? And fangirl? Like, fangirl. I'll be a little fangirl. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, she's got 17 million downloads on her podcast. So I'm like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Okay. But check this, check this woman out. Um, Shauna is a money wellness expert. She's also a certified financial planner professional, has an MBA on a mission to revolutionize, rev- I can't even say the word, revolutionize how you think act and feel about your money. She is host of the highly ranked iTunes podcast, which is featured as one of the top five money podcasts by New York Times called Millennial Money. Go check it out. I mean, not right this second, but after this and has listeners in 164 countries and over, like I said, 17 million downloads. How long has that podcast been going on for you to have 17 million downloads? That's so impressive. It feels like forever, but it has just been, well, it, I guess it is forever. It's been since 2015. So oh, okay. quite a while cool. now. Like you were, you were like in the front of this, you're like podcasts I'm in. I mean, I don't know when podcasts started, but like, that seems really early. Do you know when podcasts started? I don't know. I think I've heard some, some podcasts around like 2012, somewhere around there, but it was definitely a whole different landscape in 2015. Um, and good thing because I had no idea what I was doing. So, uh, it's probably very fortuitous. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, good job being at the forefront of this and getting 17 million downloads. I mean, that is impactful on so many accounts to help people. Um, we want to talk today about why money mindset is the missing ingredient and how oftentimes it's not just not focused on when it comes to you and your clients as a financial advisor and both of us, you know, with the background as financial planners, but also maybe how your money mindset isn't exactly where you need it to be in order to get the results that you want. So I will let you take it away here, Shauna. Tell us a little about you and and how you got to be where you are today. And we'll go from there. 
Yeah, well, I am. I'm really a entrepreneur at heart. And I'm one of those crazy people that's kind of like half creative and half expertise. So I, I love the business side. Obviously, I have an MBA, certified financial planner, but then I'm equally very creative, which is kind of where the podcast comes and a lots of other ventures. I love obviously speaking and writing about money. Uh, I started my first business when I was 19 in college and ran that for about five years and then sold it um, out of college and was kind of trying to figure out, well, what do I do with myself what now? Did you, did you have at 19 that you could sell? Like for, most people get have a business, they never can sell it. What the heck did you have at 19 for five years that you actually sold? And, and I got to ask, how much money did you make from that sale of that business? Because that's very amazing. Yeah, um, it was at the time the first national student film festival. Uh And um, we would bring entertainment guests out. We had over 150 kids over those five years, got jobs and internships in the entertainment industry. Many of them now are famous actors, directors, writers, editors, you name it. And girl thing for a reason. So it was, it was great. I ended up selling it to a Hollywood or big time Hollywood producer who I still can't disclose his name uh, per an NDA that will probably be with me for the rest of my life. But let's just say it was a very good situation for a 21 year old at the time. Um, And just proof that sometimes taking a risk and really not knowing exactly what you're doing (laughs) does pay off. But that is really where I, I honed business skills and financial skills and a lot of what we're going to talk about today, money mindset skills that I didn't really know that was happening at at that age. But now when I look back at it, I was like, wow, that was really the foundational kind of groundwork for how my career has evolved. But um, after that, I didn't know what to do. So I did the next logical thing, go back and get my MBA because I knew I loved business. And uh, Everybody in my program was working at big companies, uh, Disney's and Amgen's. And uh, I was over here like, hi, I'm the entrepreneur. (laughs) And so I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with that. And at the time, my father had been in the financial industry his whole career. And he had a small financial firm and said, do you want to just come work with me and like, see if we like this thing? And I thought, okay, why the heck not? So, you know, from day one, we were working with clients who had a hundred million dollar, you know, net worth and, and, you know, was just kind of jumping in there and being able to see how uh, people operate and, you know, widening my experience for people, you know, just coming out of college all the way to those types of people we were talking about. And, really got to see a lot of commonalities that exist uh, no matter your age, demographic, how much money you make. And so that was really super intriguing to me. And of course, over time, the creative side, it always bubbles up to the surface for me. It's very hard for me to uh, wish that away. So I got my CFP uh, started an RIA firm focusing primarily on women entrepreneurs And then in 2017, after the podcast really started to get juicy and I started to see more opportunities to uh, create a niche in the teaching, speaking side of of money, uh, I left my RIA and now have been doing this full time, started a business um, in 2020 kind of the worst possible year, but uh, in 2020 called Hello, It's Me. And uh, we create tools around authenticity. And our first tool is 
a money mindset journal, which is a process I had been using for years myself and that I had taught clients and taught friends. And so really pull it in together into a one-of-a-kind type product to help you really understand this idea of money mindset and and why this thing even matters. So it's been a very interesting career and I have no idea where it goes. (laughs) Wow. So so you started a business at 19 and sold that business, went and worked with your dad as a financial advisor. So are you still a CFP? I am. Yes. See, it's like, once you do that, you don't want to give it up. Me too. It's like, I I don't want to give that up. That was a lot of work. And then I'm like, I still got those letters I can put at the end of my name. So I'm going to keep them there. So I'm going to keep paying and doing those CE credits. Right. But you're not a practicing certified financial planner. No longer practicing. Yeah. Practice for about uh, 12 years and then decided like, let's, let's take this expertise and morph it a little bit different. And that's what I think is really cool about CFP is that if you talk to 10 of us, we have all different ways that we've interpreted what we do and how we use those de- those three letters, that designation. And I think that's what's particularly for women really exciting is there are so many more opportunities than there used to be. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome. I, and I, I not that I did a ton of money mindset, but actually, you know, I could really relate to that. I mean, for sure, there was um, I kind of morphed into doing money coaching for a while. So I was a I became a financial advisor in 2006. And then a couple of years in, I just noticed, which I'm sure, like you said, like no matter how much money people have or how much they don't have, there's always this issue of money mindset. And I talked a lot about how your beliefs influence your behaviors, which influences your success. So I did a lot around like if you change the behaviors, the beliefs start to change, you know, which is the mindset piece as well. So I did a lot of money coaching just because just doing financial planning isn't I mean, I was going to say isn't enough, but I think most financial planners are doing so much. You know, we often say we're therapists. We say we're coaches, we're advisors. Like there's so many hats that you wear because there's so many moving pieces with, with something like, like money that's so emotional. And, and there's, there's so much that it just pulls you in and pulls you out and makes you stressed and makes you happy. Like all these things. So give us some, some, some ideas and and tools. I I think let's start with them themselves. Like I know, you know, even people with a hundred million dollars and, and even there's probably some advisors listening right now who have a nice, you know, seven or eight figure business and think, oh, my money mindset is, is the, the bomb right now. Like I'm, I I got that, but what would you say to that? And and what's something everybody, whether they have negative money to their name or hundreds of millions to their name that would be useful for them? Yeah, it's, it's so important. And I think it's really easy to think like, oh, that, you know, either I'm a financial expert, that's not applicable to me. Or yeah, I'm you know a seasoned veteran in this business, and and you know I'm making a certain amount of money, and that's not the case. But you brought up a good point, which is even though we are financial experts, still there is this taboo nature around money and not talking about money. And even though we do this in one way, shape, or form for a living, it's still not a natural conversation that happens with us. And a lot of that stems back to childhood, how we were raised. And most of us haven't spent time really thinking about that. I have an exercise uh, in the Money Mindset Journal called Your Money Story. And I think it's a relevant exercise no matter where you are in life, because it's a process of uncovering why do you think certain ways? Uh, what influences did you pick up from your childhood? What are you maybe still carrying forward that maybe there isn't this awareness around? Uh, and then even just a really simple question that sounds so simple, but it is so powerful of thinking about how does money make you feel? 
and really getting to the root of that. You know, you talked about habits and behaviors. Well, anybody here who has worked with clients knows that it's very difficult to get a client to change habit to change habits or behaviors. So the way I've found that that works best is to go to the money story to figure out how they feel about money, how they think I can feel about it. How does how does money reverberate in their body, in their mind, right? And when we get to that sort of foundation core, then that's where we can do the work around the habits and change those habits and behaviors. And then we just lay the financial strategies kind of on top of that piece, right? But there needs to be this this transformation. So I think for all of us, it's really easy to just get um, sort of sucked in the society, which is a more, more, more society, you know, where um, more money is always better, more things is always better. We're, we're with social media now, we're constantly competing for likes and comments and the algorithm. I and mean, this is just sort of the society more that we live in. More podcast downloads are more always podcast better. downloads, right? Million, in fact. <laughs> so it's this like scarcity driven society. And even if we're financial experts, it's really easy to get caught up in this this sort of societal tug of war. And so when we come back to our, our money mindset, it is really just this awareness piece of how do we think, act, and feel? What has influenced us? What are some of those blind spot areas that maybe we need to just focus on? And I really believe it's it's a daily practice over and over again. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I obviously know a lot about money strategies, but I still get very sucked into fear, anxiety, overwhelm over money. And so there isn't any uh, textbook that I can read with a money strategy that has an antidote for that. So I've got to go over here to the mindset piece to really understand and unpack what is going on for me. Uh, there are simple things uh, daily. I mean, I, I always name at least three things I'm I'm grateful for. There are so many different scientific studies that actually gratitude really does change kind of the molecular structure in your brain. And um, again, a lot of these things sound very simple, but when they're done repetitively over and over again, that's when you start to not only see the change, but you can feel the change inside of you. And then that's the place where you can really start to make transformation, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, I mean, I would absolutely agree with that. I, I sometimes like to be the, you know, the guinea pig here and and show it in action. Are you, are you up for like the, playing the game for like, pretend like, you don't yeah. have to pretend. pretend I need help. Cause of course I need help. Everyone <laughs> needs help. But I think, you know, as you're listening to this, those of you on the podcast listening, I, I think sometimes for me, it's hard to understand or really put it into how I can do this in my life and how it's really going to make a difference unless I experience it or, or hear an example of it. And um, so do you do one-on-one coaching? Do you help clients one-on-one or do you mostly do group stuff? I mainly do group stuff. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Okay. But like you do hot seats sometimes. Yes. Okay. So put me in the hot seat. Okay. Put me in the hot seat. If you would, am I putting you in the hot seat by putting me in the hot seat? <laughs> I know you can handle it. You got 17 million downloads. Um, so we're all in the hot seat. go through like a process and let's say I want to, I, I, I'm not a financial advisor anymore, but if I was a financial advisor and wanting to grow my business or even just who I am today, like I want to grow my business. I want to make an impact. I'm driven by the impact, but I, my book is called make more money, help more people. So it's, it's all about, I know that if I make more money, I'll help more people. But if, 
I'm just thinking for those of you listening right now, you want, I know one thing you're listening to this podcast because you want to grow your financial business and you want to do it your way or the woman's way. So we know that about you, even though we haven't necessarily spoken one-on-one. And then the other thing is I know you because you're a woman that you want to make a bigger impact and you really want to serve your clients at a higher level. And if you can have even more transformation, we're talking about more, right? More transformation, but give them more value. You would. So if you use it on yourself, and you're able to do that yourself and you do these daily habits and, and this sort of thing. And then you're, you're able to bring that to your clients. Now you get not just double the effect, but like a crazy ripple effect, compounding effect that could help millions of millions of people more. Cause if you help you and then you're better at what you do, and then you help those people that you're working with every single day, it could be massive. So um, I'm, if, if you can walk me through an exercise and I'll be the Guinea pig and tell like to, extract my money story or something, what would be most valuable? <laughs> Go for it. I am, I am, I'm a, an open book. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Open book. Awesome. All right. So I let's just start taboo issue anymore. Like I asked you <laughs> how much you made from your company, you sideswiped it, but I get it. You have some, you know, non-disclosure issues, but I, I don't have that issue because I've, I know that there's judgment out there and no matter how much you make, if you make too much, someone's going to judge you, you make, you make the same and someone else doesn't think it's enough. Like, but I'm just, I'm all about being real and vulnerable and authentic. And I don't, I don't, I care more about impacting lives than I do about someone judging me. So that's what I've come to realize. So hit me up. I'm, I, am I love a, it. All right. We'll do a little money story exercise. There's also a little exercise that you could do daily, but we'll stick with the money story since we're talking about it. So let's start with that, that sort of uh, high arching question. So Robin, tell me a little bit, like, how does money make you feel? How does it sit in your body? I felt nervous all of a sudden. I don't know if that's because you're asking me these things that seems like deep and and I felt vulnerable or because money making it makes me feel that way. So it's it's hard to say. But I for me, I can tell you spending money definitely gives me a certain feeling. So money specifically, just money. I'm not, it depends where we take that. But if I say I've always been uh, more scarcity driven, like spending money makes me nervous. If I feel like I lose money, even, you know, I tell this story, I have these money types and one of them is called a cheap chip and I'm a cheap chip means I do not like to spend money. And, and I actually have that scarcity. Like, you know, I grew up like not, not wanting to spend a lot of money. And I know my parents, like we would go to Chinese food uh, every Friday, almost every Friday. And it was like, uh, we were the chicken family irrelevant, but my mom (laughs) because we used to order all this chicken weird weird but totally irrelevant but i i wanted to order like if i wanted to order a soda my dad would not say don't order soda because it's not good for you but he he like who wouldn't let us order a soda because he didn't think it made sense to buy probably back then a dollar and a quarter soda when you can get a six pack for a dollar or whatever the numbers were you know like it just didn't make logical sense because he does not like to waste money so i learned that from my parents very much early on and so wasting money losing money um, definitely makes me anxious. Um, so how do you spend it? How, I mean, I don't mean to cut you no, off. Please interrupt me all day long. It's cool. How does that then translate for you? Um, maybe in a strength and maybe in a weakness over in your business. Can you see like a through line of how that, that story comes through for you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's hard to say now or later or the past, right? So in the past, when I first became a, I'm going to tell you both. Cause I think depending on who's listening right now, a lot of, you know, some of you are having the success and some of you are struggling. And when I first started as a financial advisor, I was very much struggling. And part of that struggle was because 
I didn't like, I was scared to, to invest in myself. I mean, I, I was a singer songwriter before I see you have a guitar in the background. So I was a singer songwriter before I became a financial advisor. So I didn't come, you know, have all this money. And then I had to invest in the licensing to on my own, it was an independent company. So I had to in, put money up front. And then as when I, because I wasn't making very much money and I was struggling and it was hard, I had to go into debt and that was like the worst. And so for the, at the beginning, it affected me that I didn't want to, like, I would hold on to my money. I didn't want to spend it. So I was afraid of taking risks. And in the first few years of my career, I wasn't making a lot of money and it hurt me majorly because I was so scarcity driven and I wouldn't invest in myself in the ways that you really need to, in order to grow a business. Then, you know, all the transformation until today, today, I'm, much more about throwing money at the problem, but I'm still a cheap chip. Like I don't like to spend a lot of money, but I, I would much rather get the best person, like the best marketing person and have a bigger reward one to make more money, but also to help more people. So now I take a lot of risks financially. I I'm okay. I actually don't mind getting in debt. I mean, I I'm not in debt right now, but like I pay everything off, but I would go into debt if I knew that if I dropped another hundred grand in my business tomorrow and I needed to the cash flow or something, and even if I couldn't pay it off in, you know, in a week or something, or let's say a million dollars, I would do it if I, if I really felt confident that I'd get the return and be able to help more people. So it's, I've had a, my, I've done a lot of work myself, so I don't know. It's just a lot of shifts, but yeah, I my gut, I still don't like wasting money. <laughs> right, right. No, but but that's like what you're talking about, though, the fact that you've had sort of these revelations and you've been able to connect that through. I think that's really powerful because then you can look at your business and say, OK, maybe how is this showing up? And everything that comes from our childhood, it's not all negative. There is also a positive side. I mean, that's also like a protectionary element for you as well. So it's it's finding that sort of delicate balance between those two things, but it starts with that awareness point. So that's like amazing that you share that. I'll give you an example. I was just thinking, cause I just got back recently from a mastermind in Laguna beach and um, not too long ago. And basically like it was, it's a very high end mastermind. It's called the war room. And so I'm like the least successful person, one of the least successful people there. I mean, a lot of them are doing 50 million, hundred million. Someone I was talking to, he was offered like a $250 million deal and he, he turned it down, you know, some billionaires and that. And I'm like, oh my God, these people are so amazing. This one woman was like, t- uh, she was, she, she, she had like, was saying, oh, she had 3 million views on this, on this, um, Facebook live. And that was like small. And I was like, oh my God, I get like two eyeballs. But I mean, anyway, I went to this mastermind, but this was not the point I digress. And it was at the montage, which is normally like $1,500 a night. Okay. And which is something like, I have no, I have no desire to spend that ever. Like no matter how much money I make and I do pretty well. And um, we had been there before when we were still pretty successful at the last mastermind. And there's across the street, there's this uh, Laguna Beach Lodge that's like a fraction of the cost. Now we would still get a discount with the group rates. I think it was something like $500 a night, but even to spend three nights or what, I think it was even to only two nights to spend a thousand dollars for the montage or across the street, which is a decent hotel, nice rooms, it's fine. It literally is a three minute walk, maybe a two minute walk across the street. And instead it was like a total with tax and everything, 400 bucks. So let's say I saved six to $800. I'll do that all day long, even today doing seven figures because I'm like, I don't value it. Like, I don't think I need to be at the montage. Like, I don't really care. I'm gonna be there for the whole event anyway, but I'm just sleeping 
So I don't like to waste money on that, you know, and on the way back, like we didn't fly first class. We, we fly freaking economy because I don't like to spend money on that stuff. I don't value it. Do I have the money? I do have the money. I could spend that money, but I'd rather have more of it to invest. I'd rather have more of it to put back in my business. So that's the type of thing I still do. And I would say that's serving me in many ways because I'm not like, I'm not afraid. It's not fear. It's not scarcity around it. It's just that it's a choice but I don't live it up a lot because I don't value living it up. But at the same time, I'm happy to hire people to do stuff for me all the time. Like I have, you know, my full-time nanny and we, we had someone like doing dishes for us. <laughs> like we were like, you know, some people say that's very luxurious to have people do that, but that's what I value. So I, I, I invest or spend money on the things I value. And then other things I'm very cheap about it. Cause I'm like, I just don't care. But I don't know if that's always good because like maybe I should be in more abundance. Like I can always make more money. So maybe I should just stay at the montage. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you you mentioned this idea of values and that's really important of figuring out what do you value? I always suggest this process of doing an exercise I call creating your money manifesto. So just like a business will have a manifesto or like a creed or something that they believe in, do the same thing for you and your money. So, you know, what do you value? What do you want your life to be about to, to look like, you know, and then attach your money to that manifesto. So your decision of not staying at that particular hotel at the montage, like that is part of your manifesto. That's part of your, your, your values, um, your creed, if you will. And there's nothing, there's no judgment there. It's not a right or a wrong. It's just, that's who you are. And that's what you've decided is important to you. And so I think that's an amazing exercise to, to go through and think about on your own, because when you can really identify those things, then those decision processes become a lot easier. And that's really a mindset piece, right? So you already decide I don't need to stay at the montage. If I want to stay it there, I can, I can afford it. Great. But this is something that's more valuable to me. I'd rather have the money to invest other ways in my business. Yeah. Someone said, I think we were, we're they're like, oh, I like the montage. I'm like, I like my money. That's what <laughs> I like. I like my money better than I like the montage. I, I do. I do. So um, awesome. This is great. So thank you for, you know, using me as, as, as an example. So give, give them some other good things. I like this. So one is have a money manifesto, which includes your values and what's important to you. Is there any other guidelines for creating that? I'm mean, sure there are a ton, but like tips you can give them. You know, I, I tend to keep it really loose. Don't get too flowery with the language, um, but make it something that you would, you know, maybe hang up on the wall and look at and remind yourself every day, A, of why you're doing what you're doing and B, the role you want money to have in your life. And so I think that is really important. I have one hung up in my wall, just like you would in a business. And sometimes it's kind of my North Star when uh, things start getting a little shaky for me or when I might get in, down an anxious, fearful spiral. I come back and look at that and go, okay, let me just remember who I am and, and the place I want money to, to occupy in my life, in my business, if you will. Do you have that right there? Like, can you read it to us? I don't. It is... Completely on the other side of the house. (laughs) I'd be curious because I want to copy yours. I'm like, not take, steal it, but I'm just saying like for me, sometimes starting something, it's like writing copy. Like if someone starts it, I can write really good copy, but to come up with it, it seems like a lot, but those are good guidelines. So why you're doing what you're doing, that's number one. And then give me the second one one more time. That is just your, your values, you know? So I Mm -hmm. value, uh, you know, 
I value flying first class if that's your thing. I value, uh, I mean, whatever it is, you just yeah, get it out of your I head. Time with my family, which is yes. why I hired someone to do dishes in the evening because we didn't want to end, you know, work at 536 and then not get to spend time with our kids because we're doing dishes for an hour and a half. Exactly. So, like that. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. What else? What else? You, got? you said also gratitude every night. We do that as well. My husband and I, we actually do questions every night and um, we've done it since we got married. So actually a year before we got married. So what is it? It's, over, it's about a decade or so. But every night we say, what are you grateful for? And we give each other three things. So every night we're always doing at least three things we're grateful for. And then we say, what are your accomplishments? And then we talk about accomplishments and it's like three things are accomplished. So we can kind of give ourselves some love and give ourselves props. Yeah. Because we want to maintain our marriage, we say, what makes you feel love and, and what do you love about the person? So we we do that because it's a good it's a good daily routine. And I have few daily routines, but that's a good daily routine that keeps us aligned with our values and keeps us grateful. Um, so gratitude, you said you do daily as well. Any other good things like takeaways that they can get um, and, and put into action? Yeah. So I do the the three things of gratitude. Uh, just like you, I call it three moments of awesome in the day. So three things that were like ex- exceptional and everybody can find something. There is I something. I really hope I make that list tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I always end the day with a word of the day. So it's like kind of my time capsule, if you will, on the day. So when I look back, because uh, I keep this all in a journal, of course, when I look back, I can yeah. sort of see, okay, this was the summary of my day. And in the morning, so allowed, I simply- allowed to repeat that word? or is it- Oh, Yeah. Okay. Oh Thank yeah, of course. I mean, there are no, there are no rules, right? You get to kind of make your own rules. Rule so. There are no rules. <laughs> just awesome. 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 Right. Really creative. You're like, you might want to just like maybe work another word in there, <laughs> like super or <laughs> fantastic. You like superlatives like that. Give me an example of a word. Is it usually just like a description type? Yeah. Well, like yesterday I went to the beach. So my word of the day was ocean. So, I mean, okay. So it could be just a noun, whatever. All right. I I start every day with a simple question. How am I feeling today? Simple, but tough question. And so I challenge myself to be honest every morning. You know, if it's not a good day, it's not a good day, but uh, I try to understand why, like, why am I feeling a certain way? And that kind of helps me set the tone, the mindset for the day. Um, and then I, I focus on, uh, one main goal of the day and a couple of little action steps. So I don't come out with like a laundry list of things to do, uh, from the research I've done, most brains don't work that way. Our minds work better when there's one high level goal and a couple of action steps. And then if more things kind of evolve throughout the day, then that's totally fine. But the whole idea is to put my mind and my mindset in a place of feeling like I can step into the day and I can do what needs to be done. And some days I'm going to have a lot more energy and I'm going to be able to do a lot more. And some days I'm not. So the whole mindset piece, particularly when it comes to money too, is just honoring where you're at. And whatever that day comes, like staying present in the moment, we're not going back to yesterday. We're not going forward to tomorrow. We're just going to sit here in today and we're going to do today. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's so much more than money, right? Mindset in general, which is like, I mean, just having the right mindset is 
it's hard, but it's, it's so important. And, um, what it sounds like you're really good at is having daily routines and also giving yourself permission to not be perfect. It's like, this is just what's real and and authentic. And this is who I am and where I'm at without the judgment, which I think is really hard for most women. Cause I'm not good enough. I I'm beating myself up about what I didn't do yesterday. Like you said, presence, like being present today versus the past and the future that alone, if any of us did that would just, I mean, that, that would change your life because we're often thinking about what we didn't do, what we didn't get done, how, and then beat ourselves up why we're not good enough. And even if it's that voice in our heads, it's, that's seemingly quiet. It's so, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's so frequent, right? It's a very prolific voice. <laughs> There's so much like so frequent that we're hearing this all the time. And then it's like, what about tomorrow? What do I got to do? What, you know, I'm thinking about the future. And if we could, I mean, pres- I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. That's a whole podcast itself. Like every, <laughs> every episode we'd have something new, but um, yeah, that's amazing. And if you guys just take one thing away um, as you're listening here, it's like, what can you do on a daily basis to get yourself in the right mindset and, and to start recognizing the truth, like, how do you feel about money? Are you being, um, are you in abundance? Are you in scarcity? Are you noticing things? Are, are you noticing that you're projecting? Like, for example, uh, I'm a cheap chip, as I said, like, I don't like to spend a lot of money. So I was used to be, especially when I was in a lot more scarcity, I'm also delusional Dan with my second money type, which has gotten me to take a lot of risk, but it's also delusional Dan is kind of all over the place and, and excited about like every other idea and doing too many things. So it's noticing these patterns that you're running. But if you start to notice that you're more in scarcity and let's say you're charging fees and you don't like to pay a lot, like I don't like to pay a lot, you might be projecting that onto someone who's not worried about the fee. And then exactly. you have to think about it when they're ready to buy. And now you lose them as a client because you're giving them, you know, this extra time to think about it. They don't need, they just want to be guided. So if you notice that in you, you can start to not overcompensate for it, but start to recognize it and start to be just real about it and say, oh, I have a tendency to be a little fee averse, but that doesn't mean I have to be scared about raising my fees or I have to be afraid to talk about or give people extra time to think about it. I just am aware that that's a thing. And in fact, knowing that might do the opposite. Like if I charge more, then they'd actually get more value. So I think there's a lot of ways that they can take this. Um, what, what would you say is just, you know, big takeaways for them as far as how can this help not just themselves, but also their clients? Well, you talked about, you know, we have various different roles, whether it's therapist or whatever word you might insert in there. But uh, when I was working with clients, every single first conversation would start with the mindset conversation without the client knowing that's what I was doing, because I really wanted to understand a lot of the things like we're talking about today. I wanted to understand how do they feel about money? Uh, you know, what sort of money lies have they believed through their life? What is their story? Their story, just like you were talking about, the story tells a lot about where they are today. And it can help you when you're in the planning mode, not only where you're, you're, you know, coming up with a financial plan, but then also when you're talking to them about implementation. So really understanding how they think I can feel about money can help that piece really stick for them and help it be a success. Because I mean, of course, we all want our clients to be successful and to be able to make those shifts. So uh, I would really suggest like take some bits of what we're talking about today, 
Um, if you're interested, the Money Mindset Journal, you can grab a copy and take whatever you want from it and you know, utilize that with your clients. But it's starting to have this conversation. And I've done this with, again, men who have $100 million in assets who you wouldn't typically think might want to have this conversation, but I get them talking about their childhood. And there's like a magical light bulb that goes into them when they start thinking about money from a little bit different perspective. So, you know, I think people really love to share their stories. And if you can help them have some of these aha moments, then it makes the other pieces of financial planning. Uh, I, I mean, from my experience, it makes it stick a lot better. So put that fact finder aside and ask some money <laughs> mindset questions Put that fact finder aside. No, it's, it's very true. And I think it makes you stand out for sure, because you're asking deeper questions that you really want to know how they, you said it perfectly, how they act, how they think, how they feel. Uh, just that alone, if you just remember, think, act, feel, like how are you thinking, acting and feeling? And then how is that, how, how are your, how are your clients feeling as well? Your prospects? I mean, that's, that's huge. Where do they get the money mindset journal and how can they find you? Yeah. So you can go to the company is hello. It's me. Our website is say hello. It's me.com. Uh, and you can find me millennial money podcast, uh, on any podcast player and, uh, you know, feel free to join in the conversations, send me an email, more than happy to help you down this money mindset road. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And that was super fun. I appreciate it. We will put that in my gratitude list tonight. I'm grateful for this and so grateful to have you on the podcast. So thank you so much and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the appointment generator challenge. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system and you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone. Whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.